0: And we're back. Episode 51. Welcome to This Week in Fantasy
1: Football. Wade, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good been doing uh pretty good in life and really good in fantasy football so but it's good to be back after the long weekend so. after the long weekend
0: fantasy football is leading the way in your good to awesome ratio
1: yes doing well in my
0: leagues you are doing very well that was per usual <laughs> Cool. Good to hear. Good to hear. I, it's been it's been a very rough weekend, um, as um, I had mentioned to you before. Uh, some awesome stuff, but yeah, my fantasy was a very brutal zero and three weekend for me <laughs> in fantasy. There are reasons for that that you know I don't take total responsibility for. But uh, before we hop into talking football news, fantasy football strategy. Let me just share with the crowd um, and with you, Wade, a little bit about um, where I was at this weekend. I did, did was not able to watch any football because I was out of town, off the grid from Thursday afternoon until um, Sunday night, and then Monday I was otherwise occupied by the presidential debate. Uh, but yeah, I went to uh, this festival uh, known as Symbiosis. It's um, I would describe it as kind of a mini Burning Man. Um, it's more music oriented in some ways. Cause there's a lot of, it's it, instead of uh, Burning Man, which is more about art and different things and culture um, symbiosis, you know, they have these big stages, big name um, acts, um, live music. There's also tons of theater and healers and artists who are doing all types of interactive, um, performances, um, exhibits, um, and, um, you know, of course, tons of DJs, interactive Kirtan. That's kind of a big pool lakeside party. Hmm. Um, but, um, it's also really close to the Bay area. I mean, it's only about, if you go at the right time of day, you can make it out there in about hour and a half, um, instead of burning man, which is about six, seven hours away. So,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I really think, um, I was just going to share with you that I think it's something that you and the kids would actually love. There's tons of families there. Um, it's also like Bremen and, you know, there's a lot of hippies and free spirits and, um, artist types and all that stuff too. So it's, it's not like you're at, um, Legoland or whatever but um, it's, it's way cooler, and I think I know for a fact that your children would love it. I um, mean, I think you would really dig it. I happened to, I mean, the music that we did see was just super exciting. Um, the lineup was great. The performances, the venues were all really, really beautiful, and the sound systems were sweet. So um, I experienced some technical difficulties um, in terms of my, my, the travels um, to and from the event. But while we were there, while we were enjoying it, it was gorgeous. You're sitting there on the um, shore of a big old reservoir um, in in, um, San Joaquin Valley. And the weather was gorgeous. Not a cloud in the sky. Um, You know, you're at like a huge-ass pool party with a bunch of rad music. Um, And, you know, you can go buy food or cook or whatever you want to do there. So, and then, you know... I had a tons of friend, ton of friends that were out there. So, nice. Um, yeah, did you really see? Uh, right. Did you see Santa Gold? We did not make it to Santa Gold.
1: What? Yeah, I mean that was she
0: was. We were trying to go see her, but um, we yeah. just caught up. I mean, we got caught up. There was so <laughs> much other amazing stuff to see. Yeah, um,
1: Christina told, was telling me some of the lineup, and when he said when she said to uh, Santi Gold, I was like, "Yo, man!" Because I've been really listening to her latest album a lot, mm-hmm. and it's just so good. I just love her style, you know. It's just, and I can imagine it. her live shows are probably awesome. I know,
0: and I saw actually some footage, um, but yeah, I mean that was on the super super short list. Also, beats antique was someone
1: FKA Twigs. Oh yeah, um, Grammatic. We did see War Paint. Oh, yeah, War Paint's is awesome. Um, how were they? Were they kind of just groovy, or because they, they were got sweet. that new album? That's a little poppy.
0: They have their new album, which is poppy, which is how I heard of them. Because I've only actually heard of them, in, probably in the last two months. Um, oh, okay. And yeah. um, their show was beautiful. They were awesome. They were killing it. They had a huge crowd. Um, but yeah, they're more groovy. Yeah. I mean, they're they're more a little bit rock and roll, but they have that pop. Um, little pop vibe that they've added.
1: Yeah, they've um, added some beats, this this new album it's got right. some beats in there. So
0: um, you know, and then some more less well known um, but amazing people, Seth Troxler and Ten A, who I've seen before at Bernie Man.
1: Um Random Rab was was really good. He's well, kind of- what was the best the best experience that you had over the weekend? Like where it's just like where you were just I can't I don't
0: even know who it was. There was two best experiences, okay? The first best experience was Saturday afternoon. So um we ended up camping just wherever we found a cool spot, which happened to be amazing. It was it was lakeside, facing the sunrise. It was beautiful. Um, and we randomly ended up nice. next next to um a couple. I was I was there with one of my with one of my good girlfriends and um we, we we ended up camped next to a couple who were from la and they were delightful they were just ready to hang and party um and one of the things you do with these at at, at smbos because on the waters you bring your like floaty and you go and you hang out in the water for a few hours so mm-hmm. that's what we did we went you know we we dragged a, a cooler and you know a bunch of drinks and food and stuff and we took our floaties went out in the thing and you're just listening there there's a big dj stage right there with hundreds of people dancing and then in the water it's like hundreds of people more and we just hung out you know we were just zoning out and just having fun in the beautiful weather so that was awesome once we have had enough sun we just started cruising around from stage to stage or area to area and we stumbled into this huge scene it's it's one of these big kind of circus tent like whole vibes with you know I don't know people burning incense and vendors and whatever and then We walk in, and there's a bunch of people kind of doing this dancey, chanty thing. So it was Kirtan.
1: Mm.
0: And so people singing along with the live group that's performing at the front. It's not really a stage, but up front. And it's just very vibey and warm and beautiful. So that that whole afternoon was pretty sweet. And then later that night, we... Um, We're just out um, listening to music I don't even know the name of the DJ That we ended up seeing um, Because it's not like It's hard to I mean the lineups are listed But like you know I wasn't totally Mm -hmm. sober And so you end up in some You know (laughs) Cool tent We went by a few different parties And we ended up at one And you're just in this scene Where you look around And everybody is like feeling the music and it's 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 it was dj stuff it was like down tempo like like mm. drum and bass but like just the right not too dark not too up tempo just sweet in this gorgeous tent like you're like in i just felt like i was like this is the coolest place on earth that you could possibly be right now is how mm-hmm. i felt mm-hmm. and yeah we were in there dancing for probably no more than forty-five minutes. You know, it was late. It was late at night. It was maybe towards the end of the um, the the lineup in that for that night in that tent. I mean, there was stuff going on elsewhere, but mm-hmm. uh, so that was those are two of the highlights. There was a couple other things, but yeah, I mean, just kind of that. You know, just picture you're like in this, this really vibey space with everyone with like these cool dreads and like mm-hmm. tribal vibes and like
1: yeah, there's just like those those places are those moments where you go to something like that even where you beforehand you might like think oh i want to i'm i'm into it but it you know you know you don't know what to expect and then for whatever reason because of who you are and because of what's happening and because of the sound and you just get into that you know perfect groove you know and like you said it's usually it usually only lasts for about an hour or so yeah but it's just like the ultimate like you just it's you like in, in one with the universe type feel you know exactly
0: that's a beautiful way to put it I like and it's
1: just awesome yeah i mean i remember like a few years back when you came down uh probably like 10 years ago when we went to street scene that one year and um we went around and saw a couple bands that we wanted to see you know that i was like into and totally like yeah i want to see this band it was cool and everything but then we ended up going to ghostland observatory yep and um which was this super cool um, vibe up on the stage, you know, with the smoke and the lights and everything. And had never heard of them before, just read about them. T- didn't have no idea what to expect, but for whatever reason, we just was like perfect zone for me. And ended up just having like one of the greatest experiences ever seeing them. Yep. And, um, and then afterwards, you know being like, "Oh my gosh, they're like super amazing, and like getting their album and everything and and I listen to it and hear it now and then, but it is like nothing you know compared nope. to yeah no, I remember that i i that, <laughs> that, that that whole description uh resonates perfectly with me because I shared it, Yeah. You know? yeah, and it just happens, you know like i we it was totally unexpected, and those are like the precious you know shows that you go to, and that just oh. It's just of the moment, and it's just amazing and wonderful and beautiful, and so that's kind of why I asked.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, that was that was a great. Um, yeah, just it's it's cool to hear that it's something that also clicks for you because it's difficult to describe.
1: <laughs>
0: and um, but I think that yeah, and and to have an experience, you know, and I've had those moments at Burning Man too. Um, I remember when I first saw, um, freak nasty, mm. um, who's like this crazy drum and bass DJ. Um, and it was kind of a similar thing, you know, where it's just this moment. It just lasts. Like you said, no more than an hour, <laughs> usually less, but you roll into the place in the right mood. You catch the vibe. Nothing mm-hmm. else matters.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: While you're feeling that. Yep. Um and the thing is, is like we go see lots of music and you listen to a lot of stuff and you know, ninety nine percent of the time you're like we're in our normal routine and normal familiar spaces. So one of the things is when you get to go to a place like this, you're just around a different type of energy. Mm. Um you're 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 in a space that honestly it takes so much work to, to be there. Um, I don't know how much role that plays, but it's just not Accessible to your everyday casual, you know, human being or fellow member of our society. So I know this is a fantasy football podcast and like we've kind (laughs) of been grooving on this for a while. So, but anyways, it was actually worth sharing
1: and taking the time. So if I bored you, no, no, man, I I love it. And I think we, we can always talk about whatever we want. It's our podcast. So, but I mean, on I think on that same note, you know. At the we've been through you know three uh, football games in the NFL season, yeah. and there are some players out there who are kind of in that amazing zone mm. that no one expected. You know, or none of us were thought like, okay, this guy's going to be the number one, you know, quarterback or the number one wide receiver. And for whatever reason, they've just really came out running, and now we're like seeing these. Huge surprises from a few players, you know, and I think uh, well, we should just talk about some of those guys. I think, you know, none of us, we, a lot of these guys were drafted late in in uh, mm-hmm. in our drafts, you know, and they're just like really panning out for us. You know, we talked a little bit last week about Matt Ryan, you know, the the guy you love to hate, and uh, <laughs> he uh, he's really been you know grooving in that offense, you know, and and I read an article today um about all all it's really it looks like pretty much like the same as last year i mean he's they they brought in a couple guys to help out like uh, muhammad sanu and tevin coleman is actually playing this year you know after being injured all last year and that seems to really be helping him but really it's his efficiency in the red zone has is a you know night day compared to last year so that's just one player he's he and some in some formats he's the number one quarterback you know and None of us expected that. He wasn't even drafted in, in some of the leagues I'm in. So Matt Ryan you know, was not drafted in some leagues? Yeah, I mean, I think there was one league where, where he was not drafted. Wow, it, was, it was probably my NFL league where it's pretty shallow. And he was picked up, you know, right away um, first week. But um, So that's definitely one guy, you know, we already talked about. So is there anyone else, anyone you you've been surprised by so far?
0: Well, I think um, absolutely. There's tons of players that that we've that we've been surprised by. Um, I would say at the quarterback position is probably the biggest one. I know. Um, um, what's his name? Is it Carson Wentz? Yes, Car- Car- I, yeah, forgot, I forgot really, his first yeah. name. Car- <laughs> Carson Wentz. I think the whole the whole rookie class, um, uh, with the exception of Jared Goff, of course. <laughs>
1: oh, I- and Dak Prescott. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's. A, I know they're not the top of the 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 cream of the crop. I you know, obviously Drew Drew Brees um, is to me. I don't know what year it is. Seventeen, I believe, <laughs> something like that. Um, and he's a player who I've always, since his days in San Diego, loved. I think I saw a statistic at the beginning of the season and said between whenever it was nineteen, between I don't know two thousand and now or two thousand and four now, whatever, something like that. That he's the you know, he's passed for forty thousand yards or something like that, <laughs> and no one else is even close to that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, but you know, that's that. But I just think this rookie class, or there's quite a few players that are, you know, they're not like necessarily leading in the stats. But but Wentz and Prescott, and then this week having his kind of coming out party, Trevor Simeon. Um, you know, that's kind of an exciting little triumvirate, mm-hmm. if if you will. Of um, young talent who these guys, it's not necessarily only about their stats, but they're. Mm-hmm. Um, they're winning, though, too. They're, that's a great point. They all won, but their presence, they're, they're kind of like whatever that um, intangible quality is on the field where they look at ease, pressured, they're, they're, they don't get flustered. Um, I think that's what people are loving about Wentz in particular. Who's looking like a seasoned vet, Um, and I think Dak Dak Prescott's even more impressive in some ways because um, he was drafted so late, and so it was you know they weren't no nobody thought he was even going to be on the field this year, and now everyone's talking about that.
1: It's unlikely
0: that Tony Romo will have his job back. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: don't, I don't know. That's an interesting uh, debate that a lot of people are having happening right now I'm surprised but yeah Wentz is actually a top 10 quarterback for fantasy this year so after this uh, big week he had last in week three uh, with 24 points last week so and he looks and he just totally passes the eyeball test like you said you know I mean mm-hmm. I watched him in that uh, Monday night game um, coming back from Florida and he he just looks composed, um, knows where to put the ball, and he, you know, quick reads, quick get the ball out fast. And um, I just liked him a lot. I tried to pick him up in a couple leagues, and people are swooping in ahead of me, so I, I don't have any shares in him right now.
0: I think there was that one play that, that kind of got looped on the highlights where he scrambled, pulled back, pointed at the receiver, said, go downfield and then threw it down the right oh, yeah down the right sideline Sproles yeah to, to Sproles that, we that pass to Sproles and then Sproles went and did some amazing moves <laughs> with it yeah. um, but that what, type of uh like field general type you know yes. moment
1: yes and what was really awesome to see was he was scrambling forward and he had the awareness to understand where the uh, line of scrimmage was you saw him. He saw Sprawls break free, and so he just turned and cut to the right instead of taking you know one or two steps forward. He would have passed the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. and it just that's that you know awareness and intelligence on the field in the moment when the when you know and then at the NFL level it's so fast you know everything, everything so to, fast. Yeah. to have to to have to see him do that is just yeah. amazing you know for a rookie. Yes, you, you see that with Brady and those yes, guys. Yes,
0: because when you think about some of the rookies of the past few years who have really excelled um, and, you know, at quarterback, obviously, and a, a lot of it um, was dependent on very special, like mobility in general, right? Just just having great speed, whether it's Cam Newton or RG3 or whoever right. it was. Russell like, Wilson, yeah. Russell Wilson. Part, part of what made them... Um, be able to be successful as a young, even though they were so young and not not accustomed to like all this quick decision making, was that they could escape the trouble spots with their legs. Mm-hmm. I think, and so, um, but what we're seeing with these guys is that they're actually pocket quarterbacks. Yeah. Not that they're not mobile, but um, the mobility is more just a tool to, um, you know, let the passing play develop. Right. Um, it, rather than making it, you know always you know always relying on the read option or a designed right. run or whatever it might be a scramble to get them out of a tough situation. So um, yeah, I mean I that 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 play in particular, it just seemed. I mean I they kept replaying it. I saw it for probably three or four different angles, and each angle was even more impressive as it added up um, to see like you said reading the downfield. Um, kind of development of the play, um, seeing Sproles kind of do cut this way, cut that way. And even before he was open is when um, Wentz was able to see him and kind of like recognize, okay, this is what's going on. I'm going to fake the defender this way, suck him in. Mm-hmm. That's going to uh, release him from being focused on Sproles. And, right. then, and then he released the ball right then, and he was going sprinting down the sideline. So, yeah. By the way, Sproles. Shout out to Darren Sproles. He's <laughs> <It's> looking <laughs> awesome right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that, that whole – I want to get into the whole backfield because I do have Shares in Ryan Matthews. and <laughs> Right. It was a serious disappointment this past uh, week. It was so banged up already, which was the big fear with him. But that backfield is just going to turn into a huge committee, and Sproles is going to get his, you know, so.
0: Sproles is the other The other uh, player that I just feel deserves – Huge shout out, even though his team lost, is Odell Beckham Jr. And I know he kind of um, got more notoriety this week for his sideline antics and his in <laughs> his post game
1: yeah, yeah. theatrics. I don't remember, you know, and the net. The net was attacking him. The net. I mean, <laughs> oh God. I said that, that the whole headline I saw with that GIF it said. It's not, uh, um, what's the guy, Josh Norman is not his big nemesis this year. It's the field goal net. (laughs) And it's just like the gif, like over and over with the net, you know, like hitting the net and then it coming down on top of his head. It's
0: so embarrassing.
1: It's so embarrassing. It was hilarious. It was so funny. It was was awesome. but (laughs) Beckham.
0: But the game that he played... Yeah. against Josh Norman cuz they were pretty much I think they were pretty much messed up almost the whole game and and Norman was kind of a douchebag on at least in that w- <laughs> what I don't even understand on that one play where Norman oh, like he picked him up yeah yeah yeah,
1: he, yeah.
0: Like, like squatted under him and he carried him
1: around like they were playing fucking in Marco Polo or something but he probably wanted to like you know pile drive him or something and realized at the last minute that he's going to get kicked out of the gang <laughs> okay <laughs> maybe I don't know They're very passionate, those two guys, for sure. (laughs) Hey,
0: you can't... I mean, in my book, you can't do anything but admire the way both of them play. I'm a huge Josh Norman fan. I'm a huge Beckham fan. But Beckham won that battle. (laughs) OBJ won that battle. And he had a huge game, numbers-wise. His team lost because Eli Manning fucking threw two fourth-quarter picks. You know what I mean? That were horrible passes. (laughs) But... um, you know, I, to me, it's amazing to see a player like that who had this incredible rookie season a couple years ago um, and is still actually living up to that hype um, despite be- what he's now become, which is kind of the superstar. Yeah. He, ha- he doesn't appear to have, you know, lost his focus and stuff. No. Um, and, um, you know, Eli Manning's, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, but he also is
1: very. Is prone error, to uh, make you know. those bonehead uh, interceptions. We've seen that his whole career, you know. So, I mean, two Super Bowl rings later, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, um, he's still a professional quarterback, you know. So, but I mean, we, we did OBJ. We, we were all expecting, you know, top three, in you know, wide receiver this year. So to see that is not a big surprise. The one guy that I have been surprised by the most overall, and I think everyone, because he's the number one wide receiver so far, is Marvin Jones in Detroit. With that Detroit, uh, they said that offense was going to be better, even though Calvin left. And sure enough, man, they're putting up some numbers, man. But Marvin Jones is the center piece of that offense. He's the downfield threat and put up almost forty points this past week absolutely and yeah Oscar, and you had yeah. talked
0: about marvin jones in the preseason i mean that mm-hmm. was one of the players that you had called out that with the departure of uh, calvin johnson um that the door would be open mm-hmm. and um nailed it and yeah. yeah and i and i think also it's actually i was going to mention earlier um that um i was really impressed with matt stafford's yeah um you know presence in the elite in the quarterback elite even though I've, I've i've loved him for a long time i've always thought that he you know we've talked about him for years with his you know um he has so many qualities but he just couldn't quite nothing came together for detroit they were always disappointing
1: yeah. um it's it's uh i i'm yeah that's, that's yeah. That, yeah but he's we talked about it a couple of weeks ago they've you know they have simplified that offense for him with jim bob cooter and Mm -hmm. i think that's part of it you know so he's uh definitely he's top number three quarterback right now for fantasy and it doesn't look like that's you know with all the weapons he has even though they lost amir abdullah um you know he's still got theo riddick he's still got golden tate um, i mean that's those are all pretty compatible
0: or comparable backs in my
1: yeah, and they and they and they're a lot of them, you know. At the uh, the passing game is really short, quick passes, you know, getting the ball out of his hands, except for Marvin Jones, who's the downfield threat, you know. And and so I think the the offense looks like it's geared around like moving the chains and then taking a shot, you know, every you know fifth, sixth play, and get get Martin, Marvin Jones in the end zone and. I drafted Marvin Jones in my standard league that I joined uh, for the first time ever. I've never played in a standard league, I don't think, unless one of those early standard
0: leagues. means it's no PPR, right,
1: right? No PPR, right? And the, the whole reason, I, the whole way I drafted that team was I I wanted to get you know really solid running backs, a good, uh, and I waited on quarterback, but my um, wide receivers I went you know TD heavy. Guys who score touchdowns: T.Y. Hilton, Marvin Jones, um, Devontae Parker. You know those guys. So, um, guys that big play guys who are going to score touchdowns. And that's I got Marvin Jones like in the tenth, eleventh round. You know, and now he's a he's in my flex spot. I got Allen Robinson, T.Y. Hilton, and Marvin Jones. You know, so uh, I can't go wrong there. So, and and that. They said, you know, in the at the end of the preseason they were saying that Stafford loves Jones and he's becoming their number one receiver. And a lot of people are like, Oh, come on, that's just uh you know, that's just them the press in Detroit talking up the, the new offense and blah blah blah. You know, Golden Tate's gonna be the guy there. But sure enough, Marvin Jones has come out and he's looked like a beast. So if uh all all you guys out there who drafted him late, uh just, Pat on the back, right there, and then your boy uh, from a couple of years ago, who you were like heavily drafted um, when he was in Dallas, DeMarco Murray has had his resurgence right. uh, come alive. The number one mention, running back so yep, far, number one Tennessee. running back
0: in the league right now. Yeah, I was definitely going to mention him. It's <laughs> it's caught me off guard because I just didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, once he went to Tennessee and it was like very i mean after philly and everything um it was um it just seemed like a little bit of a sad situation like could they could could he rekindle some of the magic um that first established him as i mean when he won the rushing title you know a couple years Mm -hmm. ago a few years ago i guess um but, yeah, that's that's awesome. And, I, you know, and, and I think at the same time, um, his quarterback, Marcus Mariota, has been disappointing. Yes. And, the whole passing
1: game has been serious.
0: And And, but in a way, you know, whatever, like he's been able to kind of overcome that. We know a balanced offense and a good line usually leads to a better passing game. And when you have a good passing game, that opens up the running game, unless you're AP and you don't need all that. Um so, yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, that's pretty cool. And he was not drafted high this year either. No.
1: He was, you know, once he moved to Tennessee, you know, it seemed like last year when he was in Philly that offense just, the Chip Kelly offense was just not suited to him, obviously. And maybe he was tired after the 400 carry or even more than that, right, 450 or whatever through the playoffs carry season the year before. Mm-hmm. Um You know, maybe that had something to do with it. But Tennessee, obviously, you know, their power running um, with fullback, you know, lead and, um, you know, more ground and pound. The uh, offense uh, seems to be fitting his style, you know, a lot better. And that offensive line is pretty solid. So and and they are spelling him, you know, even though he's getting 20 carries a game, they're still giving Derrick Henry 10 to 15 carries as well. So. Made, that's all, probably why uh, Mariota's numbers have dropped. You know, he's not throwing the balls much. And um, his receivers, you know, it's kind of hard for him. He's got, you know, guys like Richard Matthews, Tajay Sharp, who's like, you know, six rounder, runs good routes, but he just doesn't have the speed, you know, to spread the field. Um, you know, and they bring in um, Andre Johnson, you know, he's like 40, 45 years old or how old he is. And, that guy's slow as as molasses you know so they don't have anyone to spread the field so they're just going to keep pounding and grinding out you know three four yards at every play and hopefully you know win 17 14 you know but um as long as murray is getting the ball at the goal line and getting 20 carries a game at half four and a half you know yards per carry he's gonna be fine
0: and his and his running game is tight and um, he's actually scored a couple of his touchdowns by receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think when you look at the stats compared to other leading running backs, he's definitely behind the curve in terms of touchdowns scored, right? So Carlos Hyde. Mm, um, yeah, only one. Matt Forte in New York, um, even LaShawn Le- Le- McCoy in Buffalo, um, you know, and others. Um, they're Mar- Melvin Gordon, you know, are having also really strong uh, seasons so far running the ball, but also getting the ball um, in the end zone um, a little bit more frequently. So I think I as awesome as it's looking for DeMarco Murray so far, um, the downside of a low power being on a team with such a low powered offense. Yeah, like the Titans is you have to have a question in your mind as to whether that how long is that type of status going to carry on and so i would say if you are an owner with Murray in your lineup you might want to consider him as trade bait yeah um, right now he's hot property because of his history as the the number one running back as a touchdown scorer and rushing leader people are paying more attention you might be able to extract some value yeah. if you think that Tennessee is going to have a tough season ahead of him. On the other hand, he's the pillar of their offense, and so maybe the 20 to 25 touches a game or 26 or 27 touches a game at times is going to be, if you're in a PPR league, um, worth the inconsistent production in terms of, like, big games Mm -hmm. Uh, because there is going to be games where he scores zero touchdowns. And with no touchdowns, it's just, it's not that it ruins your output or your point total, but mm-hmm. if, you, if you're a LeGarrette Blunt on a high scoring team like the Patri- Patriots, um, who's going to be winning games and going to be scoring mm-hmm. a lot of points over the course of the season, um, you know what I'm saying? So, it, you yeah. Know,
1: yeah.
0: Something to think about.
1: It's definitely like the, the weakest part of his potential you know, is that offense only scoring. You saw it there. They're they're scoring, you know, 16, 17 points a game. So that's the the downside. You know, he has made the most of it so far. And they, you know, it is nice to see them, you know, kind of using, you know, spelling him with Henry. I think that's, they need to, they can't give him 30 carries a game. You know, he's just going to break down. So um, it's an interesting thought, and it is something that, to consider at this point because, you know, right now these these weeks as we're heading into the bye weeks, um, it is – trade. the trading starts ramping up. People mm-hmm. start getting more excited about shifting some of these players, especially when you have someone like that whose value is not going to get any higher than it is right now. That's the, exactly the point, yeah.
0: <laughs> He's at a peak, and it's not – there's no knock on DeMarco Murray. It's just that when you're number one in the rankings, like you – People's eyes, balls get big, and you can get a number one wide right receiver. Right, and that depending on what your squad looks like, that might be a really nice move. No, um, yeah, because maybe. they might fall. And by the way, nobody stays steady through sixteen games. All <laughs> right. the a, a lot of the names that we're hyped about and excited about right now, in two weeks, we're going to be like, oh, I knew that that was just <laughs> it was just a bubble. And then right. guys that we're not talking about so much right now are going are going to. Um, you know, to be doing better, and
1: so yeah, yeah I actually was offered some a couple of trades in, of this fashion this past week, um, where they were trying to shift guys like that. It wasn't Demarco Murray, but it was another running back who's I forget who it was who was doing really well before this week, and and they tried to keep, pull uh, uh, Allen Robinson away from me. You know, since Robinson's struggled, been He's struggling, been struggling, yeah you know and so that's exactly the type of thing you want to try and do you know i i of course this is like no way i'm trading allen robinson you know um but uh, good for you good for you, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> but you might be able to to do that with you know in your league someone might be desperate for a running back you know that easily if you if you can spare demarco murray because of all the injuries at running back you probably can shift him you know somewhere and get a quality player like Allen Robinson or someone like that. So that, that might be the wise move right now. Cool. And on that note, I mean, I think we could talk
0: about a few other players. By the way, I just wanted to shout out to Ezekiel Elliott because I know that we were kind of last week, we were like, oh, he's not living up to the hype, but right now he <laughs> is. He had a great week last week. Yep. Um, 30 carries.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we really got the ball a lot. That's
0: unheard of. <laughs> So, um, what should we talk about next? Who's who's interesting to look at? I mean, you've posted a couple um, posts. Uh, I know that I it jumped on.
1: Oh yeah, uh, Jordan Howard. Yeah, that was a that that whole, you know, we were talk we talked about uh, Langford after the draft debacles, you know, scenario, and you you had Langford, and we we're talking about him getting, uh, you know, all the touches there and. And to see him, you know, suddenly just be gone after three weeks, you know, and for Jordan Howard to to ascend so quickly um, is really shocking. Actually, for me, um, I did draft Lankford in one league, and I got disappointed in real quick just from the whole everything that happened. He, you know, it, the injury is is part of it, of course. Going to be out four to six weeks with the ankle. But I mean, he's going to come back, and he's most likely not going to have a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, all the stuff that you know, the the experts or people were talking about out in the off season of him, you know, um, not uh, the worst yards, uh, yards after contact in the league last year, just not doing anything with uh, going down too easily. But I
0: mean, I mean, as you know, I know that. You, you, you did have some suspicion that he was going to actually do well because, um, I mean, there was there was a lot of optimism about that Chicago is yeah. actually going to be able to maybe turn some corner, but
1: and opportunity, you know, I mean, when someone's getting ninety five percent of the snaps in week three of the preseason and week one, you know, you're kind of like, okay, I mean, he, there's nothing special about him, but he's going to get twenty five touches a game. And you kinda those those guys are rare, so you kinda go with them, you know. And to see him just get in the doghouse and then injured and now it's like he's probably who knows if we can see him again.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that, that that you know, it's like if at this point it's only three weeks in, a team like Chicago is struggling. Yeah. Um, their quarterback is out, he's on the he's injured on the bench, shocker. Um <laughs> And uh, so they're going to have to turn to the running game. And if Jordan Howard is able to kind of step in, and I know there's a lot of other parts to it. It's the defense. It's the special teams. It's can they put a passing game together. But they're also, you know, it's a huge opportunity,
1: like you said, for Howard. So. Yeah, and he looked good, you know. He's 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 more of a power back. And, um, you know, not too much wiggle, wiggle room. But he's still, it, you know, he looks... Nice, strong, and healthy, and, and um, you know, just a limited time we saw this past week. Um, he could be the guy they need, you know, and, and it won't take long for him to, to get settled in that offense. So I just want
0: to uh, quickly touch on some other players that were on your um, top list of uh, players to target on waiver claims this week. I picked up two of them in a couple of my leagues. So Trevor Simeon, um, really kind of a coming-out party for him this week, four touchdowns. Um, it's such an interesting – it's such a cool story in Denver. Um, they lost Brock Osweiler, who's struggling in Houston. Yeah, he looked horrible in that he, game. He looked Thursday. horrible. And they also, um, out with injury, is um, the best player in the league, their, their defensive end. Who's out? What's his face? The fucking... Um, oh, in Houston.
1: Yeah. Yeah, J.J. Watt is, is down for the year, yeah. Well, injured reserve, yeah. J.J. Watt
0: is out, yeah. and 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 he's like the anchor of their team. Yeah, yeah. So Houston, I mean, the whole point of Osweather going into Houston was that they had this overpowering defense it's yep. all based on JJ Watt, and a solid offense, and you add like a a plus one on quarterback. Yeah, that uh, they're they're like a division championship, you know, playoff level. The round they're round two almost for sure. Right, so that, that's not working out. And then the <laughs> irony is that you look back at what's happening in Denver. Trevor Simeon, I think he was, if I remember correctly, he was like a seventh, sixth round,
1: S- seventh round, I think, seventh or yeah. seventh,
0: seventh, seventh round pick, and he's flourishing. Um and um you know, Denver really does have the defense because they won that Super Bowl in spite of yeah Payne Manning last year in terms of getting to the playoffs and everything. Um you know, ironically broadcast where it's part of the same story, but yeah. um so yeah so that's a huge coming out party for him so he's a huge pickup if you if you're somehow really um lean a quarterback i mean it's a qb zero a year so hopefully you have somebody great yeah. you could have drafted matt ryan in the 12th round right right um uh jordan howard we talked about
1: dwayne washington who is this <laughs> well yeah because uh when amir abdullah went down um uh, they had, you know, Theo Riddick obviously, but he's more of a he's he's not going to run between the tackles at all, and he he's really kind of their slot receiver. Um, he, he gets he's getting like five carries a game, but they needed someone to be more of a power back there, and they have Dwayne Washington, who's a rookie, I think seventh round, also, and or Zach Zenner, who's been there a couple of years, and it looks like Washington's going to be the guy. So um, in this past week. He was the power, he was in there, he was the power back role, did all right. Um, <clears throat> so this is a good pickup if you're struggling, if you have your
0: RBs, you yeah. out on the IR or just really super disappointing. Dwayne yeah. Washington from Detroit is he's someone kind of, who could fill in and not be a zero.
1: Right, yeah, he's kind of someone you just want, you know, if you, if you need a number two or number three with the bye weeks, you know and he can come in and hopefully he'll give you you know 50 12 carries for 50 yards 40 yards and give you a touchdown you know he's going to be the goal line back for sure um, even though they've been throwing the ball a lot at the goal line um, but he can, he'll he'll probably get a few touchdowns this year you know 5 5 to 6 touchdowns at least and um, as long as he has that role so which
0: is a, it's a solid rb3 if you could get to get uh, right,
1: that that's right. kind of where it is, yeah. and and we're str- so many teams are scrambling for running back. Um, it's kind of a, just a wise move, just to get them, and and if you need to play them, then you play them. Otherwise, just put them on your bench and and fill them in for bye weeks. Perfect. And then and then actually
0: two of my favorite names on the waiver wire this week. Cole Beasley, who I've been actually a fan of for a couple of years ago and always yeah. kind of not hasn't really lived up to. You're ahead
1: of the curve, though, Rick. You're ahead of the curve there.
0: Yeah, but it's great to see him actually <laughs> not only getting his opportunity but, like, making big plays. And yes. as you said in the um, article, a PPR machine.
1: Yeah. Zach uh, uh, Dak Prescott loves it. <laughs> I like it.
0: Zach <laughs> Zach Prescott, that would be. i
1: more. I love his name. What a weird name, Dak.
0: Who names your kid Dak?
1: It's a <laughs> yeah, and he he loves Cole Beasley in the middle of the field there. You know those little five yard, seven yard catches. So um, he's been feeding him a lot. He's been getting you know um, plenty of uh, targets. I think he has twenty five targets through three games. He's catching you know almost all of them, and he's just become like a. A huge part of that offense, uh, with what they're doing, they're they don't um, it's it's based off uh, Elliott. They don't throw the ball down the field a lot, and um, you know that's Jason Garrett's kind of mo. Um, Tony Romo is kind of more of the gunslinger there, you know, mm-hmm. getting it to getting it to Des. But um, with Dak, he's he's kind of running the offense the way Jason Garrett wants to. So more Beasley west coast, is,
0: ding and dunk. A lot of lessons. Yes, and
1: Beasley fits that mold perfectly. And he is—he he
0: is. That's the thing—is he's a, a possession style receiver. Yeah, yeah. And I
1: was—I saw someone on Twitter call him uh, Cole Beasley. So that's his new <laughs> nickname.
0: <laughs> I agree. And then next up, Terrell Pryor.
1: Oh my gosh! Did you see those the highlights from him this weekend?
0: I actually haven't seen the highlights. Fill us in.
1: I, well there's a link right there. It's got every play that he had on. I did not click it,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, you know, I've been doing more videos on the on the site. Um he uh, was all over the field. He's he catching quarterback, the ball.
0: didn't he? That's the one thing I read about
1: him. He played quarterback um because they have, you know, their rookie we talked about last week, uh Cody Kessler, and they they doing some fancy stuff with Terrell Pryor all over the field, uh, running the ball, catching the ball, throwing the ball. If that's what he's going to be doing, you know, you may as well get him in there, at least as a flex play.
0: And he Even? had a huge game. Yeah. He had
1: a huge week.
0: Um, yeah. Huge. And, um, it's amazing to see him kind of resurrect himself yeah. in such a dramatic way, Um yeah, especially on a team that's, you know, basically a bunch of rookies and, and young <laughs> players who's, who's yeah. already lost
1: their two top quarterbacks. <laughs> and their top wide receiver. And, you know, it's just like Josh Gordon's coming back. Gordon's can,
0: he's is coming back, right? Like
1: yeah, next week,
0: week, week five. Yeah. So
1: um, I hope so. Who knows how that will affect. Terrell prior, but well, but
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't imagine it'll <laughs> hurt him too much. Um, but I'm just the the point being that that he's on the team that's like has all these strikes against it, and here he is kind of being the source of hope. Uh,
1: you know, it's kind of just a one of those redemption um,
0: tales. A, you know? Yeah,
1: those stories we love we love to talk about and see and get excited about. It. I mean, it is the Cleveland Browns, so no one's. Picking up Terrell Pryor, thinking he's going to save your fantasy season, you know, it's nothing like that. But if you can definitely, you know, it's just like we said, you know, bye weeks, whatever. It's it's time to have someone who's going to get have an opportunity, and they they showed this past week that he's going to be part of that offense all over the place. Awesome. So I think that's probably good coverage of the of the
0: top uh, key players that are most interesting on the waiver wire. We talked a lot about who's surprising us, um, mm-hmm. and I already kind of shared my story about what I can't let go this week, which was my the, my experience at the Symbiosis Festival. Yeah. Um, but I love this segment, so I'd love to hear from you, Wade. What's something that's just on your mind, something you can't let go, um, and that's kind of holding your attention this week?
1: Um, I have to say the one thing that I am really uh, can't keep going back to that I'm really excited about, which a lot of people are for fantasy, is uh, Le'Veon Bell is returning mm-hmm. in week four. So uh, here we go. And we saw this past week... Um, uh, that the Pittsburgh Steelers are Slattled, losing playmakers, yeah. So they're having a rough time. Eli Rogers went down. Um, you know, uh, Marcus Wheaton came back but didn't do anything. And um, it's going to be nice to see Le'Veon uh, Bell back on the field, you know, helping uh, Roethlisberger out and getting that offense, you know, going again. So I'm pretty excited. I I do not have any shares in him this year, but um, I think you know all the chatter I'm hearing out there. Everything I'm reading is it's kind of that's kind of like bubbling around under there. Like what's Le'Veon Bell going to do in you know, the first week back? You know, so um, of of but, course De- DeAngelo Williams yeah. is is still the number two or three running back. You know, in most formats at this point. And we've talked about how, you know, how can you take a guy like that off the field? He's doing so well. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do this week. Um, I think that's kind of another reason why I'm like focusing on it, it's just to see what happens with, the, with Bell once he's back.
0: Great call out. I mean, I think that Bell is definitely one of the best handful of players in the league at the moment, um, his uh, constant suspensions aside. Um, but D'Angelo Williams, as we've talked about and you mentioned, has been off to such a blistering start to the season um, until last week when Pittsburgh got pummeled pretty bad. So, um, yeah, I think that's, yeah. that twist actually kind of is, in a, in, a, in a strange way, a big positive for Love Bell because um, you didn't have D'Angelo Williams go out there with another kind of huge performance um, with, you know, multiple touchdowns or, you know, 100-yard game or anything like that. Um, And so it kind of brought him back and the whole Pittsburgh offense kind of back down to the earth. And if you're a bell and you see that, you're like, hey, now it gives me a a purpose. Um, And not that he especially needed one, but it helps, I just think, in the whole um, way that we perceive things. So yeah, I'm super excited to see you know what his um, return to Pittsburgh is going to do for their offense.
1: Yeah, I I mean I think a lot of what happened on Sunday with Pittsburgh was the Eagles' defense is legit this year, and they really should, should just shut them down. And I'm kind of excited for uh, to see what happens with Philadelphia, uh, even though they're on a bye week this week, you know so. It, um, I don't have them anywhere. I, I did have them. I um, shifted them out for Seattle because someone dropped Seattle, and now I'm kind of regretting that. But uh, uh, we'll see what happens going forward with the Philly defense. So someone that someone to keep. If you can get go out there and grab them, and this week and stash them, or get them next week, as they might be a good defense all year long. Top top five, top ten defense this year. Do you see Philly contending for the Super Bowl? Uh the way they're playing now. Why not? Sure, right. Like a top defense. I mean, they—that's what they look like. But yeah, with that defense, and then it, as long as Carson Wentz, you know, it, it, teams are going to adjust. You know, after watching film, as long as Carson Wentz can uh, keep his head and adjust as well and keep going strong, which he has given us no reason to doubt so right. far. Right, yeah. So far. You know, and and they they hold up as far as like injuries and all that's concerned. I mean, what we're seeing now, they they definitely look like a contender for for uh, the playoffs this year and Super Bowl. Well, they definitely look like a playoff team. I don't think I don't think it would be hard
0: to argue any other way right now. Um, but because you were calling out how how strong their defense looks, which is such a you know such an essential part of really making a strong uh, Super Bowl run. Um, uh the the big question is does their offense hold up their end of the bargain? And mm-hmm. of course Carson Wentz is the linchpin in that to some degree. Um so yeah, yeah. It's uh I also I will waffle with you also. <laughs> um it's such a promising start. Then it's gonna be something we'll all have our eyes um, focused on this season is does Wentz – is Wentz able to continue that? You know, does he stay healthy? It's it's tough in the NFL to stay healthy, as whether rookie or as a vet, for a whole season. Um, and can their running game kind of be um, a supportive foil so that, you know, defenses aren't pinning their ears back and starting to, to, to blitz him and, um, right, right. you know, pressure him and, um, you know, make those types of adjustments. That's one of the awesome things about football is the chess game um, that takes place over the course of the 16-game regular season, as uh, you know, opposing coaches figure out how they can exploit whatever weaknesses that your um, your offense or defense may have. And um, once that happens, with the, especially with the younger quarterbacks, it's a little bit it's a little bit simpler typically to be able to kind of identify and then target those um, weak points. So. But right now, once doesn't appear to have too many weaknesses. So yeah, I love
1: that analogy too about the the chess match. You know, our chess match, and um, that's uh, always the, so fun to like watch. You know, the coaches and what they're doing. You know, especially like last Thursday when uh, uh, it was so obvious that Bill Belichick was the GOAT, you know. Mm -hmm. So, the way they uh, handled Houston. So, it was pretty amazing.
0: One last thing I wanted to uh, mention is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and his six interceptions. I mean, we early, you know, week one, week two, we were like, wow, you know, the Jets, it turned (laughs) out that, that, that Fitzpatrick is such a great fit in New York and Decker and Brandon Marshall, now injured, um, you know, there goes that chemistry. It's going to work out. Um, and then the addition of Matt Forte uh, to the mix on offense, it just seemed like the whole um, equation was really coming up roses. And then, yeah, um, you know a six, <laughs> a six interception performance uh, from Patrick. From, from uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, so yeah, that yeah. was uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, pretty pretty sad to see that. Uh, and um, I don't know. Do you think that that's just an aberration? Do you think that it's it's indicative of where they're headed? Because it did seem when they beat Buffalo a couple weeks ago that they were really had this sweet offense that really was moving the ball up and down the field like crazy um, against a legitimate rival. And um, they were perhaps, you know, going to make that next step under Bowles um, to turn into a real competitor, a real contender. Um, and then you have such an enormous step backwards or a step in the wrong direction.
1: Um, what, do you, what do you make of uh, Fitzpatrick's um, six-pick performance? I never like. Fitzpatrick that much you know I, I definitely did not target him at all even as a number two um, if you look at the numbers last year he even though you know they, they didn't have a winning record and they almost made the playoffs his numbers just they did, didn't add up for fantasy and he was just very mundane and he, you know made mistakes and I was surprised that they were like even going after him so hard you know even though they wasn't you know they weren't caving into his demands or anything but just that they they needed him you know like he was he was gonna keep their season afloat for me i i just i know um geno smith right i, I know they, there's nothing special about smith but at least he's got you know uh an arm that is an nfl you know a power arm and if he could just put it together as far as like decision making He's definitely better for their offense, you know. Um, I, the the thing about Fitzpatrick was he was always really, um, you know, a really smart, intelligent quarterback on the field, kind of a uh, a manage the game really, you know, really well. And to see a six, you know, six interception game from someone like that, um, that's when you start to worry quite a bit. I, I'm definitely. Um, Concerned about the Jets, although the week before, you know, they look like uh, one of the better teams in the league. I I think you mentioned that, and and so it's just maybe, maybe they're going to be more along, uh, you know, in the middle of those two games, which is probably what we're going to see most of the year. But I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, I mean, didn't he do this last year in week seventeen, like when they really Mm -hmm. needed a win, he Mm -hmm. had like three interceptions or something like that, some really horrible play and. I just, he just doesn't impress me, and I can just see them being very average all year long and being like a 9-7 and team that doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think that's
0: a great point, that this is not the first time we've seen this type of kind of crumbling under pressure uh, from him, and it's one thing to have a, a three-interception game in week three um, where, uh, you know, but I, by the way, I do want to acknowledge I was watching the highlights today, and, and two of those picks at least were tipped balls, which he yeah. deserves some blame for because the reason they were tipped is that they weren't on target. <laughs> but it's not quite the same thing as throwing it directly into the hands of a defender, right? Uh, regardless, even if it was were four picks, um, those types of numbers are just something you expect to never see from you don't have to be an the league quarterback from like, but from like an upper tier. And this is a guy who was trying to hold out for 30 or $40 million <laughs> over the off season.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And, um, I'm sure he's more disappointed than all of us, you know, combined and everything. But, um, it just, the huge question mark is now hanging over his head about psychologically. Can you recover? We've seen this happen to quarterbacks. Joe Flacco, um, was yeah. one in years past where, um, Schaub, um, matt schaub matt yeah. schaub another guy that's the one who i think he went on this horrible streak where he i think he went five <laughs> or six games where he threw a pick six yeah, um, yeah the end of the season in 2013 or something like that and um it oftentimes it's difficult to recover because of the psychological aspect of playing that position in particular and um we will see soon i think whether or not it's recoverable. On the bright side, I think nobody in fantasy had Fitzpatrick on their starting <laughs> lineup. So in some sense, it doesn't matter. But yeah. just as a thing of football, it is a curious. And, you know, maybe Geno Smith will get an opportunity soon.
1: Yeah, who knows?
0: Well, I think that does it for us this week. That's this week in fantasy football, episode 51.
1: Thank you. There you boy. go. Check us out on uh, Twitter at twift.net and Facebook and and it's our website twift.net. Absolutely, don't miss out. Well, Wade,
0: uh, thanks a lot. That was another good one, and I will talk to you next time.